Now, it's health and well-being with naturopath Peter Mullen. We look forward to Tuesdays. Peter Mullen rolls around in health and well-being. G'day, Peter. Good afternoon, Mark. A a big program today. You want to have a look at uh, pills and probiotics and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, look, we've talked about probiotics and gut health a lot over the the show, but um, I thought today's a good chance to just revisit that. If anyone's got any specific questions about um, what is the best probiotic for them, um, I may be able to help out with that. So, um, yeah, so I thought a good start for the new year get that gut back in um back in balance peter you've described probiotics as the wonder bugs let's start with that statement what, what makes them so wondrous well you, you, we don't realize this but there's more um um gut bugs or bugs in our gut than what there is um skin cells in our body or cells in our body mm. um and you know more and more and it's been estimated that there's approximately 38 trillion gut bugs that live in our gut and a large percentage of them live in our large intestinal tract it's a bit of a problem if you don't like creepy crawlers isn't it <laughs> well we sort of you know we're part of nature we, we like to think we're removed from nature but the you know more and more research since um i think the last few years a lot of research has been done into the microbiome and you know what other areas of our health this huge um, population of gut bugs might actually play a role with um, and, you know, there's lots of reasons. So so a couple of things about gut bugs. So there's um, trillions and trillions of gut bugs, more bugs in our gut than there is cells in our body. Um, so that you imagine the DNA material in all of those cells that, you know, sits with inside our body. So, again, it's kind of... They're, they're just at the forefront now of trying to work out what, what it all means. But from a health point of view, a couple of things have really stood out. Um Healthier people seem to have a wider range of strains. Um, you know, there's over a thousand different species that have been identified. So healthier people seem to have a wider number of different species. So the more, the merrier. The more, the more, the wider the range, mm. the, the better. Um, our gut flora population has changed a lot in the Western world over the last hundred years. So much as we're talking about. You know, the rainforests are being depleted and animal species are, are disappearing and plant species are disappearing. The same can be said about um, certain of our gut bugs, that we're starting to lose that diversity. And when we look at our Western diet, particularly compared to uh, a more traditional high-fibre, high-plant-based diet, say from... I think they did a comparison with a village in Africa where there was a high amount of fibrous um, plant-based food eaten... Um, they had strains in their gut that just weren't in the Western gut anymore. So um, losing this diversity, no one knows long term, but when we think about the increase in things like, you know, food allergy, you know, one theory is why we're seeing so many schools and daycare centres and preschools these days, you know, say that you can't take peanut butter on your sandwich or egg on your sandwich or you can't have chocolate or whatever because so many kids are now becoming anaphylactic. One theory is that maybe because we're losing this diversity. Um, another theory is or thoughts are around why we're seeing such an increase in autoimmune conditions like autoimmune thyroid, rheumatoid arthritis, etc. Again, it may be due to this lack of diversity with our gut flora, um, an inflamed gut wall that comes about as a result of this imbalance of good and bad gut bugs. And, you know, more and more food particles or toxins entering the bloodstream, triggering that immune response. So, yeah, gut gut health. And unfortunately, a lot of our Western practices, if you can imagine your gut's like a large 
beautiful garden full of healthy rainforest trees and et cetera, et cetera. And then, unfortunately, we tend to trash that garden with all sorts of things. So over the Christmas period, um, you know, things like um, alcohol consumption, you know, and we know alcohol is a toxin and it's a toxin that we really need to, if we're going to put it into our bodies, and I do have, you know, an occasional glass of wine or a beer on a hot day. Um, some of my friends out there might beg to differ that I might have a little bit more than a mm. beer on a hot day. Um, however, like it really does knock our gut floor around certain medications. You know, we've been talking about the overprescription or overuse of antibiotics for a long time, another reason why we're losing species. Um, processed foods, you know, foods that encourage the growth of bad bacteria, um, stress can really um, upset that balance as well. And one of the big things coming out that can really upset our gut floor is sleep deprivation. Not getting enough sleep, so the body's out of whack. Yeah, not getting enough sleep and not getting the hours before midnight that count. So if you want to have good gut bugs, you've really got to get your sleep pattern sorted. And insomnia is probably one of the things um, that I'm seeing more and more people presenting with, people that just don't sleep well. They either have trouble getting off to sleep or they get to sleep okay and then they're waking up in that liver detox time between 1 and 3 a.m. in the morning. So, yeah, so good sleep practice, a healthy sleep practice are important for a healthy gut balance and uh, peter is always at a conversation about the gut and uh, you're wanting to sort of let us know how we may know that our gut is out of balance yeah well look the obvious obvious like generally um i would say to anyone any patient um how you know your digestion is working well is when you don't have any symptoms seems, so, pretty, seems pretty obvious when you think yeah about yeah it. yeah no you eat your food your food sits well you don't feel, um, you know, you don't get any bloating. You're not getting an abnormal amount of wind. You're definitely not getting a, abdominal pain. Um, so, so many of my patients coming in, you know, all suffer with irritable bowel syndrome, which just means that they've been tested for everything else and then at the end of the day they say, well, you've just got an irritable bowel. But um, we know irritable bowel is so much more complex than that. Um, frequent cold... I could almost de de depict a little uh, disdain in that uh, evaluation, Peter. Oh, uh, well, look, it's just... Irritable bowels are really quite a serious condition for a lot of people, mm. and I think often it's a bit of a throwaway, throwaway line by the medical profession, or you've just got an irritable bowel. Like anyone that has gut issues knows that you can really feel unwell, brain mm. fog, low yeah. mood, anxiety. Like there's so much associated with it. So it's not a just to have anything. It's not, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So another sign that your gut bugs. Um, maybe out of balance that people might not always realise is if you're getting lots of colds and flus. So if your child or your grandchild is starting um, school this year or daycare or preschool, get them started with a probiotic. Like it will reduce their instance of colds and flus, you know, by up to 50%. That's pretty good because it seems like as soon as the kids go to school, they end up catching a bit of everything that's going absolutely, around. Absolutely. So it's a really good thing to start your kids on is a good probiotic just prior to starting school and keep them on them until they're really settled. Um, and then allergies, you know, being plagued by allergies, eczema, asthma, um, sinus or hay fever. As, as I've said on this show before, 60 to 70% of the gut, or sorry, of your immune system is based in the lymphatic system around the, around the bowel. So, um, yeah, having good gut health helps to balance your immune system, whether it's frequent cold and flu or whether it's um, allergy. So if all of these types of things can be some alarm bells that the gut is out of balance, 
Um, how does taking a probiotic uh, work to fixing that up? Well, look, it's kind of interesting. Like the, initially, it was thought that if you took a course of antibiotics, that that killed all your gut bugs. It doesn't kill all your gut bugs, but it definitely knocks the population around. And that if you took a probiotic, that that would re-inoculate or put back into your gut all the good bacteria. So we now know that's not true. It's actually very difficult to take a probiotic that's going to stick to your gut wall and re-inoculate your gut. What now is suspected or now is known is that when you take a probiotic, depending on the strain and the different types of bacteria in that probiotic, some probiotic um, combinations or, or strains encourage the growth of your good bacteria. So it's more about changing the environment in the large bowel. So these bacteria, they produce chemicals that can knock out yeast or candida or bad bacteria, as well as um, providing the pH and the environment to grow your healthy gut bugs. So it's kind of like they're they're working like um, fertilizer almost, like they're encouraging the growth of your good bacteria. Um, Some of these probiotics work by increasing secretory, what's called secretory IgA, which is a, a... uh, compound in your, in the mucus that's produced in the gut. So you want a nice, healthy, thick mucus layer in the bowel, and that's where a lot of the bacteria actually sit is in that mucus layer. So you want a nice, healthy um, secretory IgA component because, again, that's really important from an immune system point of view. So they work on encouraging the growth of the bacteria. They actually produce chemicals to knock out or knock down bad bacteria or yeast. Um, they change the environment to encourage the growth of bacteria, and they actually help to promote the healing of the gut wall if there is leaky gut or gut wall inflammation or irritable bowel, etc. So from an actual feel-good perspective, from a well-being perspective, how will we know that it's actually that the probiotic is doing its job? Would some of those other symptoms, yeah, in, in theory, disappear, like the bloating, the, the wind, the, the colds and flu, stuff yes. like that? Yes, you should find that if you're taking the right probiotic for you, along with you know making some dietary change as well, if you're eating foods that you know, agree with you, that's obviously going to be more sensible as well. But you should feel a big improvement in your symptoms. And um, interestingly, the benefits of taking a probiotic run out about nine days after you finish taking the probiotic. So <laughs> they're not, not something that you just take, get the gut sorted and then go off again. If you're, um, I, I sort of think as a probiotic almost these days is a bit of foundation nutrition, something that people should take maybe, you know, five days a week on a regular basis because our diet and lifestyle can be quite toxic to our gut, good gut bugs. You kind of picked up on where I was going to go there. So if you're seeing that this should be uh, a constant part of our dietary package, I guess, is that because we're on the whole eating foods that aren't going to agree with us or are there other environmental factors that are also weighing in? I think all of those things, you know, even things like chlorinated water might not be good for our gut bugs Mm -hmm. if you think about it. That you know, water, uh, water, drinking water is chlorinated to kill anything bad in it. So drinking water that you know hasn't had the chlorine removed might not be the best thing for our gut bugs. Um, as we talked about before, alcohol, smoking, stress, all of that. But um, yeah, there's you know, lots of lots of dietary stuff and lifestyle stuff definitely can interfere with that gut gut balance. Peter, you've got a big book out there. What what are you doing? What are you looking for? I'm just having a little bit of a read while we're having a catch-up in the break. Okay, well, uh, we'll head to the phones because, Barbara, you're at Shortland. And, uh, Barbara, you've got a question for Peter in relation to bowel cancer treatment. Yes, I do. Hello. Um, hello, Barbara. I'm going, hello. Uh, yes, I was. Um, um, I had to have a, a colonoscopy in August and the doctor picked up I had a tumour attached to my colon. Yes. And which was 
um, I had operation, was removed, and now I'm on a chemo tablet because they picked up a rare gene in the tumour. Okay. So I'm on a course of a chemo tablet for about um, probably the end of April now. But I just wanted to talk about the probiotics with that. Like, does that is that a good thing for me to take while I'm on this chemo tablet? Like, do you, with the with the chemo tablet, is it? Do you take one every day? Well, I was taking seven a day. Yep. And then the doctor cut me down to four because I had a bad reaction to my skin yeah, with, okay. with it. Okay. Yeah. And with the with the um, the medication, are you taking it um, like spaced throughout the day? You're taking yeah, four in, in the one? morning. Yeah, two in the morning and two at night. Look, I would run this past your GP, but I would suggest that you take a good probiotic in the middle of the day. Okay. Just because you want to try and encourage the environment and the state of health of your gut bugs as well. And chemo, unfortunately, is going to kill or knock yeah. your population down. So I'd That's take right. I'd take a good probiotic in the middle of the day. Okay. And I would also make sure that you're including things like um, sauerkraut and, say, water kefir and... Um, homemade good quality coconut yogurt and stuff like that. I'd I'd try and increase your um, probiotics in your diet as well. Okay. No, that's interesting. I just thought I'd give you a ring and just compare what you know with um, what I've gone through and with this what you're recommending with the gut and everything. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, definitely. The more you can do to keep the rest of the gut healthy, that's got to help overall. Thank you very much, Liz, and hope everything goes all right there for you. Well, as we continue with uh, with uh, with uh, Peter, and now, uh, well, Peter, you want to also have a look at um, probiotics generally. You, you, your idea being that don't just have something that that's just a bit of a generic general shot in the dark. You've got to be specific with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Look, as as is as is anything. As more and more research comes to light. Um, we're going to find that different probiotics or different um, strains of bacteria really make a difference for different health conditions. So just a couple of examples. Um, there's a, a new combination probiotic out that's come out helping for um, weight control. And in studies, they've found a, a loss of 2.5 kilos over a month with no dietary change just by taking a probiotic. Not always going to be that easy, but our gut bug balance really does make a difference. Yeah, have you got a bottle for me there? <laughs> <laughs> I can bring you some in. Good stuff. Um, with kids' probiotics, one of the best ones that I like is a dairy-free probiotic that contains um, uh, acidophilus strains, your bifidobacterium strains, but also a strain called lactobacillus rhamnosus or LGG. And um, this LGG strain of um, probiotics or good bacteria actually helps to turn down um, an overactive allergy response in the body. So if someone's got eczema or asthma or um, with kids that are, you know, have allergies, um, then I would definitely recommend a strain of probiotic containing this LGG strain. Um, there's specific probiotics that have been discovered to be really beneficial for um, the mum and the baby. So when mum's pregnant, um, the baby, when the baby's born, is inoculated with the bacterial balance that, that, that's in the mother through the vaginal birth canal, etc. So um, this um, particular strain of probiotic actually may help with the microbiome of the breast tissue. So we also have a microbiome in the breast ducts. So you want to make sure, again, that the balance of good bacteria is exactly on track wow so everywhere everywhere you look this is uh, very important stuff yep yep there's a combination we recommend i recommend for people with um um 
autoimmune conditions and that's again the lactobacillus rhamnosus it's a good one for any out of a balanced immune system but also one called lactobacillus um, paracasei and probably one that um or my two favorites there's a one called um or the strain of bacteria is uh, lactobacillus plantarum and um it's a great strain for people with that have irritable bowel particularly if they're getting diarrhea and i've had some great results with um, one of my patients that couldn't leave the house because of chronic diarrhea and this specific strain of probiotic really got her up and running literally um, and you know got a confidence back that she didn't have to go right. out and know so, where all the toilets were so got her running away from the toilet instead of to the toilet that's, <laughs> that's exactly right and one final strain um, one of my favorite mm-hmm. ones for people that have yeast or candida or kids that are getting parasites all the time um, it's a strain of um, combination of lactobacillus but also a yeast actually a non um, um, a, a yeast that doesn't populate the gut but it's called Saccharomyces boulardii and it knocks yeast or candida out of the gut and um, also has a role with parasites it also encourages the growth of your secretory IgA for leaky gut so yeah and often it's um you know for any health condition it's working out if it's autoimmune we go away certain way if it's low immune if it's pregnancy so seeing someone that knows about the different strains is much more effective than just a broad-spectrum one. All good stuff. And a final uh, call on the line at the moment. G'day, Cherie. You've got a question about water and commencing probiotics with Peter today. Yeah, exactly. Um, what would be my first step to, to get a decent pro- probiotic? Because um, I think that at this point I need to start to, to get everything sort of running a little bit better. Yes, yes. So... You can you can go in a number of places. I would try and contact a naturopath. Um, generally, yep. naturopaths know more about um, the different strains of probiotics. So I would contact um, whoever's your local naturopath and run that past them what they think is the best quality one for you. Yep. Okay. Um, and the next question is is that I, um, I, I have tank water. Um, and when I go in town and drink town water yes um i find that within 20 minutes to half an hour i start to get a bit of bloaty and almost like oh that's not sitting right in my stomach and then within say two or three hours i start to get almost a dehydration headache yeah okay okay well i'm not sure why the dehydration headache but you know if you're used if your body that's sort of what it feels like yeah. yeah yeah if your body's used to drinking tank water and that's you know, for you, a much cleaner source by the sounds of things, then, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, water does affect us in so many ways, and unfortunately our yeah. water, water quality is awesome, but, like, just the chemicals they use that aren't removed, definitely yep. for some people, or for probably for most of us, they're going to be a problem. Yeah, so that's what could be causing the upset issue when I drink town water. Yeah, definitely. It'll be the chemicals in the water, I would say. Okay, fantastic. That, that helps. All right, lovely. Thank you, Sheree. Yeah, thank you very much, Sheree, and also to uh, Barbara as well, uh, giving us a call uh, a little earlier today. Peter, that's just about it. Run out of time, my friend. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a good topic, the probiotics, mm. because um, it is a matter of finding out the best one for you and based around what your health concerns are. Mm-hmm. And then often we'll change them as well. Like if you've got you know a condition and that recovers, then you might get onto a more general broad-spectrum one to maintain that improvement. So, you know, sometimes we can use them more like as a this one for when you're unwell and then when you're back healthy and fighting fit we'll get you one to one to maintain 
Uh, next week on the radio, uh, according to your notes, I know that's subject to change. <laughs> best exercise for weight loss. Yeah, I need that at the moment. I'm on a time. Uh, I'm on a time thing to get some weight down. Well, I think you 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 do the hit training, don't you? High intensity interval training. I've re- I have done. Yeah. I've done. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be talking a bit about that and also some secret weapons, you know, things that you can do, um, you know, even in your day-to-day activity that can really increase your um, fitness. All right, I'm on a mission, so we'll look forward to that, Peter, next week for health and well-being as always. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.